You're listening to a message from Pastor Jack Holt at the River. Well, it's Easter. Can you believe it? He's alive. He wants to minister to us life abundantly. Today, I've got a really powerful word I want to share with you. I've entitled the message, Everything is Under Your Feet. See, if you believe in Jesus and you believe that God rose him from the dead, then you're in a position right now spiritually that everything is under your feet. And the reason why I'm preaching this is because it's Easter, but more than that, I want you to embrace right now by the Spirit what God has for you. Because if we can change our perspective, in other words, see things from a resurrected position, if we can do that, you're going to find that things are going to change in your life radically. You know, it's kind of like when you put up a picture in your house. It usually takes two, two people, one person putting up, is this where it goes, whatever, and someone backed away a little ways, looking, oh, no, move it over a little bit, over there, a little over there. In other words, if you get too close to it, you're not going to be able to see it correctly. But when we see things from a resurrection position, then the problems that we face right now are manageable, and we're able to straighten things out in the way that God wants us to do in our lives. And so as we get into this truth about the resurrection of Jesus, let it change your perspective and begin to see things in the way that the scriptures want you to see them. Then your faith will soar and rise up and God will minister to you supernaturally in your life. I'm, I'm, I'm believing that, I know that, and I see that right now in your home, God is going to minister this to you. So I want to start with a verse in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20 to 23. And I'll read it to you here on the screen. Listen to what it says. This was, by the way, a prayer that Paul prayed. And in the prayer, he said this, I pray that God would open the eyes of your imagination, that you know the hope of his calling, the incompatible great power for us to believe. And then he goes on and talks about this revelation in the resurrection or ascension of Christ. And listen how he says it. Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. Now watch this. Which is his body. In other words, the feet, the legs, the arms, all of that is his body, which is us. The fullness of him who fills all in all. In other words, the fullness of God is in the body of Christ. And then it finishes with his thought. I want you to see this. The thought is that God's word, his power, when he raised up Christ, was invested in the church, which means everything's under the feet of the church. So whatever you're going through right now, understand that coronavirus is under your feet. The lack maybe you're experiencing right now is under your feet. If you believe in the risen Christ, there is a power source of God inside of you that can help you break through every barrier in your life. Every barrier but you got to believe that it's under your feet. 
That means we have the authority and the dominion of Christ to rebuke, to devour, to reclaim what is lost, and it's for you today. And I'm so excited that I get to preach about this power that God has. You know, one of my favorite verses is found over in the book of Romans. It says this. It says that we are more than conquerors. What does it mean to be more than a conqueror? I mean, if you conquer, that means you win. But what is more than a conqueror? I heard a story years ago that displayed this. It was about a boxer. And the boxer had to go in and do a fight. And this fight was very big. He'd win like $100 million. And he went to his wife and says, it's going to be hard. This opponent is difficult. And it's going to take a lot of me to fight him. But if I win, we'll be set for life. And he says, are you going to come watch me? And she said, no, I, I don't want to watch you get beat up. I love you. I don't want to watch you get beat up. And so he went that night to fight. And he went there. And round one, round two, it was brutal. Got beat really really hard but he stayed in there kept fighting kept fighting kept fighting till the last round and he knocked out his opponent and he won but he was beat up so he comes home and he sits down and uh he's just kind of chilling from the fight and his wife said did you win did you win you did win you win you win and he said yeah i won and she said where is the reward and so he holds up the check for $100 million. She grabs it and walks off. She is more than a conqueror. We are just like that woman. Jesus fought for us on the cross, took the, took the abuse, took God knocked down. Come on, all of that for us. And now that he's raised from the dead, we are inheriting everything that he did for us on the cross the bible says in fact that you are joint heirs with christ usually when you do heirship you know say you got four kids you get 25 percent here 25 percent of the inheritance the next one and do that four times it says we're joint heirs this is such a revelation that when you come to god everything that jesus has he gives to you and everything you have, you give to him. But the, he gets gypped in the deal because we don't have nothing to give. But he gives us everything. And that's what he did for us in the resurrection. He gave you everything that pertains to life and godliness. And his fullness is in the body or in the bride of Christ. That's where his fullness is because everything is under your feet we need this in the late the day that we're living in right now we need to know that everything is under our feet and that that we're seated in heavenly places and that we have authority and dominion and sure we have to exercise faith and sure we have to wait for the battle to rage and for us to come out winners at the end but the reality is it is ours and whatever you're facing is under your feet are you ready for some powerful truth tonight or this morning this truth, I believe, is going to set you free. Look at this verse with me in Revelation 20, verse 6. And look what it says. Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him 
a thousand years. Now, I want to ask this question, what is the second death? What is the second death? Well, maybe if I explain it from the beginning, you can see the revelation in this. You remember in the beginning when God created man, Adam and the woman, and they were told not to eat of this forbidden fruit. If they did, God said, you'll surely die. So as soon as Adam bit into it and ate it, he died spiritually, separated from God, and then 930 years he died later physically. That's the first death. But here's talking about the second death. Now I'm going to make a statement here that's just, it, it, you need to think about it when I say this. <clears throat> that if you're only born once, you'll have to die twice. Let me say that again. If you're only born once, you will have to die twice. But if you are born twice, you will only have to die once. So what are you talking about? There's the natural birth. Your mother conceives you. Your, your birth from your mother's womb. That's the first birth. But the second birth every one of you need, and this comes by the resurrection, is to be birthed by the Holy Spirit. To be born again, as the Bible talks about. That's the second birth. If you have that, the second death has no power over you at all. Did you hear what I said? Had no power at all over you. The second death, if you look at it in Scripture, is this. At the great white throne judgment, the dead, those who died without Christ, died without Jesus' redemption, will stand before God, and the books will be opened and reveal what they did in the body, good or bad, and they'll be judged based on that. And, and then it says, if their name was not found written in the Lamb's Book of Life, they're cast into the lake of fire forever. In other words, there's degrees of torment, I guess, in the lake of fire. But it was all determined by whether or not their names were written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You got to have the natural birth, and you got to have the spiritual birth. And if you do that, it says that this second death has no power over you. Why? Because you're written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So think about that. Because we're talking about the resurrection power of God. And I know many of you are sitting at home, maybe with family, friends, and whoever you were with when they put us all into quarantine. And you're there, and you're probably maybe feeling a little uncomfortable right now because maybe you're not born the second time. Sure, you may be biologically been born, but I'm talking about of the spirit. And this isn't a term that just talks about being a Christian. This is a supernatural experience. When you do more than believe in Jesus' death and resurrection, but there's a belief in your heart that is so strong that a supernatural occurrence happens within your heart. And the Bible says old things that are in your life become new and you become a new creation. I trust today as we talk about the resurrection of Christ that you'll consider this, that only if you are born two times can you avoid this second death. 
And I know that God's going to minister to you, and I know you're going to grab hold of that, and I know you're going to move into the direction that God wants you to do because God wants everyone on this earth to be born the second time. He wants us to be born in the Spirit so that the fullness of God can be in us and we can move and do the things that God's called us to and we can do the great things that God has for us through His power and His majesty and His glory. And God wants to do that for you today. Are you ready for it? Are you ready to have God change your life? Are you ready for God to begin to move through you? Because remember, when Jesus is here, there's no fear here. When Jesus is here, there's no fear here. When he's in your life, there's no fear. There's an absence of fear because Jesus drives out all of that and he can be in your life today. All you have to do is embrace him and receive it. I'm going to show you a very outstanding verse in the Bible. It's in John chapter 5, verse 24 to 25. Let's take a look at it. Look what he says here. Most assuredly I say unto you that he who hears my words and believes in him who sent me, God has everlasting, or has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment but has passed from death into life. That's good right there, the fact that you don't come into judgment. But notice the next part. Most assuredly I say unto you that the hour is coming and now is when the dead, now watch how it says it, will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. Did you know that what Jesus said here it wasn't days later when the reality of that verse actually transpired. Because when Jesus died on the cross, the Bible said that he took all of our sins in himself, in his body, and he died, and his spirit then descended into a place called Hades, which had, at this time, had two compartments. One was a place of torment for those who died without God, the other was a place called paradise where Abraham, Isaac, the prophets all were there waiting for Jesus to come into the world. That's why I told the thief on the cross, he said, today I will be with you in paradise. It's Hades, but it is the upper regions of Hades that he was talking about. And so Jesus descended in his spirit after he died into paradise and Peter said that he also descended into the abyss and preached to the fallen angels during the time of Noah those that were disobedient and proclaimed something to them I don't know what it was this is what happened within that three days but what is striking is on the third day the Bible says that he was begotten of the spirit and he began to experience this second birth and as he ascended up he went to paradise and in this place this is powerful this is where the old testament saints who had been waiting for the messiah were and that and they were the first people that were born of the spirit a second time abraham was born of the spirit isaac was born of the spirit elijah was born of the spirit and once that occurred and the fullness of god came to them they ascended on high. It said he led captives, captives. And, and as he ascended, the heavens who had been polluted by sin, all the angels were made subject to him. And he purified heaven as he ascended on high and took the Old Testament saints. And they, for, for the first time, mankind was in heaven, the place that God is preparing a mansion for all of us. That's what happened. And, but they heard the Son of God in the grave 
Now that is the only time in Scripture that I see that you could be dead and still have an opportunity to be born again. But those people were not in paradise because they didn't believe or didn't trust God. They were there because they believed in God. They believed in the Messiah. They believed that God that was sending Jesus into the world, and that's why they were in paradise. God reserved that place for them. And I'm saying this because I don't want you to say, well, you know, I'm a fairly good person. I, you know, I, I live a fairly good life, howdy, howdy, ho, or whatever. And when I get to heaven, you know, I'll just talk to God. I'm sure he's going to let me in it. I'll just, no, 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 no. You got to do it now. Because if, if you've only been born once, the second death is something you need to be dreadfully afraid of. What you got to do is accept Jesus as Lord and have the Spirit of God birth you again spiritually so that you no longer have any fear of death. Most people in the world today, they're controlled by their fears. They're concerned about dying and whatever, and that's why they do what they do and live how they live because they're all motivated by this fear. I don't have enough money. or You know, I might as well live up good now because of this and that. It's only when you come to Christ that that fear leaves and I know as a Christian you can have fear and, and, I, and, I, and faith will drive that out. But remember, when Jesus is here, there's no fear here. When he's manifested in your life, there is no fear. And he can deliver every one of us in this time of need if we would just embrace it and go with what the Lord says. Now watch this next verse because this is, I like this because it shows you that everything is under our feet and shows you why and how everything is under your feet. Look at this verse. It talks about Jesus' ascension. This is in Acts chapter 13, verse 33. God, having fulfilled this for us, their children, in that he has raised up Jesus, as it is also written in the second Psalm, my, uh, you are my son. Today, I, look, watch this. Today I've begotten you. He's not talking about the virgin birth. He's not talking about when the word became flesh. He's talking about the resurrection. The day that I have begotten you. Look at the next verse. It proves it. And that he raised him from the dead no more to return to corruption. He has spoken thus, I will give you the sure mercies of David. I don't have time to talk about the mercies of David, but it's talking about Jesus being begotten by the Father in the grave, being raised up. The same spiritual birth that you can receive today, or you've already received is the same birth that Jesus received. It is inundated. It is consumed with authority and power and purity and holiness and sanctification. It is built with what happened to Jesus. We are one spirit with the Lord. And the Lord will bless you in a great way supernaturally. See, a lot of people, when they think about Jesus coming here, they go, well, why did he come here? He didn't come here to get promoted. He was already the Son of God. All things are made by him and for him. He didn't need no promotion. He came down here to seek that which was lost. He came down here to do for us what we could not do for ourselves. He came down here to become like us so that he could take our humanity and exalt it up 
to uh, right next to the Father so that we could rule and reign through him on this earth. God resurrected Jesus Christ. And in doing so, he resurrected humanity. And those who believe in Christ are now been restored like the first Adam that was given dominion over everything. Everything is under your feet because you are the fullness of Christ. You are the legs, the hands, the feet, the knees. Wow. Of Jesus our Lord. And I know today, maybe you don't feel that way. Maybe, you don't, maybe you're just kind of restless and say, oh, gosh, things are just tough. No, 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 no. We are more than conquerors. Christ is in us. Our faith will bring us through. And I want you to understand that there is a spiritual battle going on. But if you're a believer, your faith will cause things to change. And we're going to see a level of restoration you've never seen before. We're going to see a level of soul saved we've never seen before. We're going to see a measure of power that revealed that we've never seen before. You know why? Because the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. Who had the gates of Hades? Satan had it. But when Jesus rose from the dead, he took those keys away from him, praise God, and he was given all authority and power and ascended on high. The devil is toothless. He's got no bite left to him. And we are more than conquerors. Now, you say, how did he do this? Well, first of all, God had to remove in our lives, and this is a little personal, our iniquities and our trespasses. A lot of people, when you mention trespass or iniquities, they kind of put it together in the same bag. It's the same thing. It's not. Trespasses are a little bit different than iniquities. Trespasses deal with the outward action that you do. Uh, say someone commits adultery he doesn't just window shop he actually has a physical encounter with another woman besides his wife that is a trespass iniquity is different iniquity is when the motivation inside of your heart has a bent towards sin and you have a tendency to want to do what's evil that's what Jesus bore on the cross, not just the other. Do you understand what I just said? Now, I want you to see the power in this. God not only removed the trespasses, the actions, the things that we did wrong, but he also died for the intentions, the tendencies, the bents that we have towards sin in our heart. Praise God. That's why when he raised Jesus from the dead, there's so much power. Because all that was taken care of. In fact, let me show it to you in Scripture. In Isaiah 43, I believe it is verse 5. Not sure they have it on the screen here. But Isaiah 43, verse 5. Yeah, they don't have verse 5. Oh, yeah, there we go. Look what it says. But he was wounded, watch this, for our transgressions. A wound is outward right a cut it's an outward thing then he says he was bruised for our iniquity bruising is when there is blood inside of you it's an eternal thing when you're bruised notice the difference 
The iniquity is eternal or uh, internal, and the wound is external. This is what Jesus died for. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes, whoo, we are healed, man. You are healed. You are whole. That's what his death did. He removed it as far as the east is from the west. And let me give you two verses. Isaiah 43 tells us that God remembers our sins no more. Hebrews 12 or 8, 12 says that God remembers our sins no more. Does that mean that God is forgetful or he doesn't, you know, uh, what did you, I, I don't remember. No, it's not like that. There, God, there is nothing that God doesn't remember. But the word remembrance is used a little bit different. It, it's kind of like, uh, oh, it's this way. When he says he remembers your sins no more, it means this. I won't hold them against you. I won't bring it up and say, oh, by the way, you remember last week when I told you not? He won't do that. He doesn't bring to remembrance things that he could hold against us once they're under the blood. Man, I don't know about you, but I'm shouting right now in my spirit, man. You ought to be shouting in that chair, jumping up and down. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Because that's exactly what he does. He remembers your sins no more. In other words, he doesn't hold your past against you. He doesn't hold the fact that, oh, you, you know, you did the same thing last year as you did this year. You backslid last year, and now you're back. No, he doesn't hold it against you. It was all under the blood. That's what Jesus did on the cross for you, and his resurrection secures us in him and blesses us in a great way in other words spiritually speaking all of us have bad credit but God isn't going to hold our bad credit against us if Jesus is our savior and I'm trusting today as we as you think about this that you're going to cheer up and go wow you know now I can be bold going to God I can be bold praying I can be bold seeking God I can stand in faith because of what he's done for me Jesus remove those sins and I'm so grateful and I love this because that means every negative event that I have the iniquity is under my feet every negative tendency I have to do wrong or whatever is under my feet every action that is wrong in my life it's under my feet every past mistake is under my feet in other words the resurrection power of Christ has put it under your feet and you can defeat it by the blood and the power of Jesus in your life this is resurrection power and this is the kind of power that will transform your life and bring you into a level of blessing that will surpass your wildest dreams my friend, I love you. And I know that many of us need to consider what's going on and say, wait a minute. Why am I letting this get to me? This is all under my feet. I'm not to walk by what I see. I'm supposed to walk by what I believe and, and use your faith. And then sit back and just say, I'm going to count it all joy. I'm going to give thanks to the Lord for the blessing that's coming into my life. I've already cursed this plague. I've already cursed these things. And I've released the blessing. And I'm going to come out better and greater than I ever were before. And you begin to operate like that. And that releases that. But like anything, 
that Jesus did in the resurrection. It takes faith to release it. And if we just sit back and, well, I'll just wait until everything gets over with. No, 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 no. You start now believing. There are things happening right now that are so supernatural that it would blow your mind. There are things going to happen for the church that is going to be global, not just local, global, that is happening right now. And it's because Christians are praying and believing because everything is under our feet. When all this is said and done, people are going to start looking and saying, wait a minute, that shouldn't happen in the natural. Wait a minute. That, yeah, the, yeah, this is extraordinary what's happened. God's Spirit is working in a great way. Cultures are being shook. Officials are being shook. Our Constitution is being shook. But God's Spirit is bringing His will to pass. And I tell you what, we're going to see more people saved than we've ever seen before. It's going to be powerful. Now watch this. I want you to grab the power here because these things are under our feet. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5 and 7, and listen to how Paul says this. Even when we were dead in trespasses, we all sin, right? Made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Ages means generations. I want you to see what he says. We were made alive the same time Jesus was made alive. Because Jesus didn't die because of his own sin. He didn't have any sin. He's sinless. Everything that was put on him was our stuff. So when he paid the price and God rose him up, when he was made alive, we were made alive. Because he lives, so shall we. He is our life source of blessing. I like to liken it, kind of a look at it from this perspective. My wife and I, we both have the same we have a lot of credit cards but there's one particular credit card it's the same number for both of us so whatever she buys I gotta pay for and whatever I buy she has to pay for well Jesus has given us his credit card we might have our name on it but he has to pay for it it's all one we were made alive when Jesus was made alive and that's why everything is under your feet I want you to see this. Look with me in Genesis chapter 8, verse 4. <clears throat> and wh while you're finding that in your Bible, I want to just say something, because I'm going to show you something that's just so outstandingly powerful. I'm going to show you that the resurrection of Christ is not only confirmed in the New Testament, it's confirmed in the Old Testament, because God wants you to believe in it. He wants you to be established in it so that you're not shook when all hell breaks loose. When everything falls apart, that we'll have this anchor and we know who we are and, and Jesus will manifest in our lives and there'll be no fear because Jesus is here. This is a verse that was recorded after the flood of Noah and it teaches about the resurrection of Jesus. This is amazing. 
Look what it says. And the waters receded continually from the earth. In the end of the 150 days, the waters decreased. Now watch this next part. Then the ark rested in the seventh month, the 17th day. Make a note of that. The seventh month, 17th day of the month on the mountains of Iraq. Now I want you to see this. It gives a specific time when the ark settled on the, on the mountain and the judgment began to decrease on the earth. It's symbolic of the resurrection of Jesus because the seventh month and the 17th day is symbolic. Let me explain what I mean by that. When Jesus was crucified, he was crucified at the Passover. The Passover is the seventh month of the 14th day. 14, 15, 16, 17. Three days later, the 17th is when Jesus was raised from the dead. Woo! He got raised from the dead so we'd be blessed. God wants you to know that it's true, it's real. It may have happened 2,000 years ago. This was written thousands of years before it ever even happened. And God has given us a sign that points to his resurrection. That he's alive. And he's ready to bless us. He's ready to push us over the top. It's so outstanding. It's so great. Let me give you another one. You remember the story of Abraham when God was testing his faith when he was a little bit older? And it says in the story that God said, I want you to offer up my son. Of course, he didn't have him do it, but he was testing his faith. And so he goes to this mountain. And in the story, most people don't catch this. But he gets up in the morning, goes to the mountain, tells the servant, me and the boy will be back after we do a sacrifice. And then three days later is when they get to the top of the mountain. Three days. Why? Because it was three days before Jesus was raised from the dead. And there's also some other symbolism in it, which is powerful because some people say, well, you know, Abraham forced his son to, to be a sacrifice. No, he didn't. Abraham was 100 years old. His son was 17 years old. Do you think a 100-year-old man can, can wrestle down a 17-year? No way. He was willing, just like Jesus is willing. Jesus wasn't forced to go to the cross. He purposed to go to the cross. His life wasn't taken. He gave his life. Father, I commend my spirit to you. Breathed his last. Same thing. Isaac was the same. He willingly went up there with his father and laid down. Of course, the Lord wouldn't let him kill his son. He was testing his faith. But it was all about Jesus, that Jesus wouldn't give his life for. And in three days, God would raise him up. Praise God. I said, praise God. He's alive. It's not just a story. He's alive. It's, I get so mad at religious people because they're always trying to rationalize and understand things with their own understanding. When he's in you, you just, it's different. He's alive. And he is ministering in power through this time. And there's great miracles on the horizon. All we need to do is embrace it. And God's going to bless you in such a supernatural way. It's going to blow your mind. Listen, I want to pray for you today to give your life to Jesus. Now, I know many of you maybe already know the Lord, but I know that some of you are watching 
here online, you don't know the Lord. You know you don't know the Lord. You may be religious. You may go to church. Just because you're in a garage doesn't mean you're a car. Just because you're in a church doesn't mean you're a Christian. You've got to be born the second time spiritually. And that happens. I, I'm not sure exactly how it happens, except it happens when you believe and really believe. And no longer just say, well, okay, I'll go through the motion to keep my parents happy. Or I'll go through the motion to keep my spouse happy. No, you really mean it. And you believe and say, Jesus, come into my life and forgive me of my sins. And, and, and my life is yours now. Take whatever you need. I, I just want to follow you. It's that, it's that moment that makes a difference. I mean, I was raised in traditional church and went there for years and didn't know God. Now, if you would ask me, am I a Christian? Yeah, that's, I'm a Christian. You know. But I wasn't. I didn't know God. I knew about him. And, you know, minister get up, talk about love and all that stuff. Sounded pretty good, but I didn't know him. It wasn't until I came to the end of myself and I, and I sensed his spirit drawing me, and I know you sense it now. His spirit moving on me and and say, no, you need, to, you need to come to me. It's That's when it started to change. But I had to put some feet to it. I had to act on it. I couldn't just say, oh, I was touched by God in the service. No, no, I had to act on it. And the action I'm asking you to take right now is public. Maybe a few people, or maybe you're even alone. But the angels are there, and they'll see what you're going to pray. So I want you to bow your head right now I'm going to pray for you and I want you to say this with me say this Heavenly Father forgive me forgive me sorry that I was blinded but I thank you for sending Jesus to die for me to give his life for me I thank you that he's removed my sins and that you rose him up on the third day and I'm confessing him as Lord and Savior in my life today. Jesus, take what I got, use it. Fill me with your fullness. Fill me with your spirit. And let me serve you all the days of my life. I thank you, Father. I thank you for this. And I give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Man, I'm so excited for you. So excited for what God's doing in your life right now. It's so exciting because this is the turning point. And if you're with family and friends, forget about it. Oh, I thought you already said, forget about that. Say, I was touched. I know I had to make that decision and embrace it and rejoice in it. And it's, it's when we get past ourselves and just are real about things. This is really the way it is. I need Jesus. That's when change happens. That's when the supernatural happens. It doesn't come when we put on these false fronts and don't let anyone in. You've got to be real with God. And if you're just real with him, he will bless you in a great way. Thanks for listening today. For more messages like this one, check out riveroflifefellowship.org, our mobile app, and our podcast. Also, find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at River of Life Kent to learn more and keep up with everything that's happening at River of Life Fellowship.